1: All right, welcome back to Training for Manhood. This is uh, one of those special um, occasions uh, where we're uh, doing books, right? Where, uh, you know, Last year we started this idea, uh, we'd read four books a year, um, started out with a, um, a man's book, uh, did Wild at Heart, um, and just uh, loved, loved that book, it was great. Um, so did three other books last year, we're back to um, the man's book, and uh, I've got uh, Gabe and Mike, Gabe uh, Boyd, welcome, Gabe's Mike 1. Let's Thank, you. You. Thank hey. you, Mike One. Awesome. Love to be here. Yeah. Mike, we stuck you on uh, Mike Three. That, does that work? Hey, yeah, Mike to the third. <laughs> anyway, um, Mike's idea was, as we were throwing out, hey, what what's another man's book that we can read? And there are, there are a lot of good ones out there. Yeah. There really are. Um, but, uh, but Mike, you said, hey, what about um, Steve Farrar, Point Man, which is his original man's book, um, and uh, Steve Ferrar passed away last year, and so it's kind of a tribute to him, kind of a tribute to um, the whole men's movement, right? of the of the '90s, early 2000s, um, that kind of sprang up. Um, the Promise Keepers, right? Steve mm-hmm. Ferrar was a big uh, proponent of, you know, and a speaker at so many different men's conferences, and, and a lot of us just, you know, grew up um, with Steve Ferrar as being one of those voices of just, you know, um, a challenge. Uh, reason, intellect, um, you know, back to the Bible, back to, you know, marriage being important, back to being a man's man. And, and anyway, so so Point Man um, is his kind of first book, uh, originally released like, you know, 89, 90. So it, it's, it's a long time ago. There is a revised edition, right? We've got, we all got the revised and updated edition. They added a couple chapters, I think probably... Um, you know, uh, probably pretty recently. Uh, yeah. Some of the things that he's dealing with are, are, are pretty recent. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's 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 one of those uh, fantastic uh, books for young guys to read. Um, it Deals a lot with the issues um, of marriage and sexuality. You do not have to be married to read this book. This is one of those things. Like we were you know dealing with Tim Keller's book, right? It's actually a really good book. The earlier you can read this and, and grasp these particular principles, the more uh, you're going to cut off problems later on in your life. Um, and so um, just Just a a great read. We're going to do uh, four sessions, right? Um, Eleven chapters in the book. Um, So we're going to, you know, chapters, this session will be chapter one, two, three. Uh, So we just kind of want to dive into Point Man, How a Man Can Lead His Family, is the subtitle, um, and uh, and see what we got with it. And hopefully, um, you know, if you're out there listening, you're either reading along with us. Um, or after listening to these four, you're thinking, Hey, I really want to read that book for myself and see what I get out of it. And so that's kind of the encouragement that we're doing. So, uh, if you want to read along with us, you know, get the, get the book, keep up with us. The next four weeks will be all about point man. So, uh, who wants to dive in and start just kind of, um, what they got right from the first three chapters, chapter one. Um, tell me, tell me, remind me what the uh, title is for chapter one point point man on patrol. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. So uh, let's start with something simple. Mm hmm. If you
2: don't read the book, go watch Steve Ferrar's Memorial Service. Okay, I haven't seen that. So, uh, you know, we, we've all decried how great the book is going to be because we grew up with it and mm-hmm. understood the, the impetus on the push for manhood and biblical manhood. Well, here's a man who finished well, and then his two best friends, Speak, <laughs> Stu Weber, and... Uh, is it Gary Rosberg? I, I don't remember. Apologies. But his two best friends and, and co-ministers in this men's movement both speak at his as, as memorial service. Wow. And it's just phenomenal. Yeah. It, it's the testimony of his friend saying he lived out everything we're about to go through in this Ooh, book. That's cool.
1: That's and awesome. actually,
2: Point Man comes from one of his best friends, Stu Weber, who was a Green Beret yeah. in Vietnam. And he wrote the book Tender Warrior. Yeah. So... Maybe we start with the concept of point man. In, in infantry terms, a point man leads a patrol or a platoon through the woods, the desert, whatever the context to the mission. Mm-hmm. And the point man's job is to lead. And as the point man goes, so goes the patrol, so goes the mission. Amen. So if the point man isn't up to the task, the mission is lost the soldiers are sacrificed it's the same concept for a man leading a family so really in these first three chapters he's laying down the impetus for hey guys we are the point men for our family so we're either going to lead them to the successful accomplishment of the mission or we're going to lead them into an ambush but it really comes down to us how the man goes so goes the family
1: yeah dobson in here he has he quotes dobson right focus on the family uh, for the, a lot of us, we grew up with that. Um, <laughs> here's a quote and it says, "I believe with everything within me that husbands hold the keys to the preservation of the family." Um, and so, the, the, you know, the concept is <laughs> whether you, you know, grasp the, the concept for that from a you know biblical standpoint that God has placed the man in the role right as the leader of the family. Um, just culturally speaking, even if, if you if you didn't even pay attention right to a biblical concept, um, you would say. Um, that the man plays a, um, a very pivotal role in the role of the family. Obviously, every, every role, right? The husband, the yeah. wife, right? Even the kids. Uh, everybody has a essential role in the family, right? But the role of the husband, the role of the father, um, you know, is, is such a, um, uh, you know, a pivotal factor uh, in, the, in the life of the family. And really, you know, studies have shown over and over and over again um, that kids will most often follow the spiritual lead of their dad, even as opposed to their mom, uh, yeah. which, which is usually a, a negative as opposed to a positive, mm-hmm. right? But whatever whatever the dad um, puts out, believes in, model shows, um, the kids will pick up on that and, and follow that. And so this is a, a really, you know, chapter one is all about that, right? It's super, super important uh, for, you, for you to grasp that reality, um, that being the point man, being the one who's in charge, being the guy who's out front, uh, is a really pivotal role for your family. And, and you, you better pay attention because where you go, your family is going to follow. Yeah. You, you can't lead a family from the couch or the rear. Yeah. So y- you
2: may be the father, you may be the figure in the house, but if you're not actively leading as a point man, you're already losing. Amen.
3: Yeah. Hey, the the other thing he tries to, I think, really emphasize in this first, at least in this first chapter, is that not only are you you, you the point man, uh, but you are the point man uh, in the midst of battle. Mm. Yes. Um, That no matter what your role is as a man, whether it's uh, leading a family because you've got kids uh, or if it's just you and your wife uh, or if you're just a young man that's growing up, Mm -hmm. uh, that there is a battle uh, that you are currently in yeah uh, And that you uh, should start training now yeah. and even assuming the role of the point man in this battle um, for, for all the reasons that you guys just mentioned, uh, he's got a really great quote in here uh, just just in terms of identity, like men just recognizing uh, the importance of being a man, uh, and he says that we need some we need some men who have a passion to be better fathers mm-hmm. than they are accountants. Mm-hmm. We need some men who have a passion to be better dads than they are attorneys, salesmen, foremen, pastors, doctors. Uh, just go down the list, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. so much of our culture is built around um, – well, it, well, even some of this comes from just the men's movement of, like, provide and protect and all these things. And these things are right and good, but whenever those things become ultimate and they start taking over because I have to provide a certain kind of lifestyle yeah. Yeah. for my family or for myself, uh, then all of a sudden, like, I've lost focus. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've heard, you know, gunshots in the, in the distance and I've started to walk away from them instead of running towards them and trying to, trying to protect the people that are following me. Uh, and so I thought that was really interesting just to help us remember that, uh, there's a fight, uh, not just, uh, for our own hearts, but for the hearts and lives of those around us and that we're leading. Some people hate the
1: (laughs) war, um, battle mentality. When we when we talk about Christianity, right? It's kind of like you know every everything in Christianity is always framed as a conflict. And I think that you know the reality is is there is a conflict. Um, so you know you can you can phrase it in terms of you know sports, um, you know. Um, War, whatever, whatever it is, there's, there's a conflict, right? There's a conflict internally, um, you know, against your own flesh. There's a conflict against the world and a system that's set up against you. And there's a conflict with an actual enemy, right, that seeks to destroy your family and your faith. And so, um, you know, he's, he's using military um, language and, and depictions. Mm-hmm. Um, some people, you know, don't like that. There's, there's a lot of military uh, depictions uh, in Scripture, um, because as, uh, as the nation of Israel came in and did battle, they did yeah. battle against, you know, actually real forces and real people. Um, but that mentality, right. Paul is going to use it in his writings. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's going to talk about being a, a farmer, a soldier, um, you know, an athlete. Um, one of the things that, that I, I always look at is, um, I love the, uh, the etymology of words, right. Kind of like it's it, where, did, where does that word come from? Where did it originate from? Uh, and the etymology of husband is a really interesting thing, um, the, the german concept is house band right you're actually the holder together of your house right you're kind of like the the rubber band that they stick around it you're the one who mm-hmm. holds it together um but it says that it's uh, it, it means that you're the um you're the master of the house and you're the occupier and tiller of the soil um and that's where the word husband comes from and i just like i like that concept right that yeah. uh, you know mike you said you can't lead a family from the couch right or from the rear right the, the concept is is you're the one who's cultivating your family you're the one who's doing the hard work to break up the ground so that the seeds of life can be planted and can grow and and that hard work of you know getting rid of the stones if you've ever worked on a farm right getting rid of the stones first getting the land ready to be fertile right going out there and plowing the field and then you know growing something and i think the concept is is you know um you need to be looking at your family your, your wife and your kids as things that are growing under your care and your protection and your provision. Um, and it should be something that, you know, 20 years from now, 30 years from now, right. Your wife is, is better, right. Um, flowering right and blossoming under your leadership and your kids are doing the same thing and i think that's the concept that he's trying to get across which is why gabe you said right i mean we, we get evaluations at work all the time all mm-hmm. right and and you know the concept is, is how, are, how are you doing at work and somebody tells you yeah. right i mean your sales numbers right you sit down with your boss you tell hey you're doing this right we look at the company the bottom line lots of different things but we don't have that same thing in terms of our family Right. Where, where's the person who's coming in and evaluating? Hey, Gabe, how's your family doing? Right. How's your marriage? How are your kids doing? Right. Uh, Mike, you know, here's here's the five year plan that I'm putting you on so that you're growing in these different areas and you're doing these different things. And, and that's what I love about this is this is a book that gives you that that kind of that check of saying, hey, are you guys doing this? Right. Like, because yeah. this is important. Yeah. This is this is too late to be evaluating something, you know. When you're old and gray and you look back at things, it's like you got to get on the front end of this and figure this stuff out at the beginning.
2: Yeah. So I'll, I'll give a Steve Farrar story because I remember reading this book the first time and then being in Stonebriar Church and mm-hmm. listening to him. Mm-hmm. And and Gabe just talked about we define ourselves a lot of times by our jobs. Yep. So if I just met Gabe or you, Dan, mm-hmm. I'd, hey, what do you do? What do you do? Would be I, my first question. Yep. Yep. And uh, I just listened to Steve Farrar. He it was a Sunday sermon, so he was just stepping in for Swindoll. And he gives the message, and I have my book with me to go get him to sign it and bring uh, it down, cool. have him sign it. And he's like, what do you do? And, and uh, I, I, won't, I won't claim that I'm smart. I'll claim that I'm lucky. In that instant, the, the flip switched. I'm not a sales guy. I'm the father of three boys. Uh-huh. That's my job. Yeah. Like, if we defined ourselves more by what the role God has given us, I'm a husband and a father of three boys. Yeah our results would look different. Totally. But when we introduce ourselves, we, we, we define our value based on our performance at work, not our value based on the mission Christ has given us in the right. home. Yeah. I'm yeah. a
1: child of God. I'm married to Tricia. I've got mm-hmm. four kids, right? Those are the things that are super important to me. Right, and then, right, I, you know, I go off and I do a particular job every day too. But yeah, you know, th- those are the things that if you had to evaluate my life and whether I'm successful, and you know, you just mentioned Farrar and the two guys who are sitting there at his, oh my gosh, yeah, at his funeral talking about him. And 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 honestly, when you talk about a guy like a Steve Farrar, you're talking about his life, his work, his ministry, his family, right, and all that's rolled up together. But you know, nobody's sitting there pulling out spreadsheets and. You know, looking at how he did at work. And nobody's going to do that for any of us. No. Yeah.
3: Right? Yeah, there was uh, something I was thinking about was to in response to what you said, Dan, was that uh, when you read a book like this, you you quickly find out that, um, like, the role that you've been that, that you're supposed to be assuming is not one that you get to choose. Yeah. Uh, it's one that's been appointed to you. So th- yep. these are not negotiable things in this book. Yep. Um, the, the role of, of being a husband and a father, uh, these are gifts mm-hmm. uh, that the Lord has given us, but um, also responsibilities that he's assigned to us sure. as men. And so uh, as I'm reading this, I'm just trying to remind myself that, uh, man, I don't just get— I, it shouldn't be a choice of, hey, should I be a good one? Should I not be a good one? Like, how selfish should I be in these moments? But rather like, no, no, this is exactly what God has assigned me to do, how he's wired me, yeah. uh, how how he has done it from the very beginning uh, is to base things around men and so um, in, in their leadership. And so we'll get into some of that more, but I was going to mention uh, at a previous church that I was at— um, Uh, I I remember we had a whole sermon series kind of based on really identity, Mm. and uh, and the pastor at that time had said, uh, "I think it'd be so cool if we started introducing ourselves differently." And you kind of you almost did it, Dan, without knowing it. Uh, And he he said, "You know, first introduce somebody, you know, by your name." So, hello, my name is Gabe. Um, And he said, and then it would be great if we just followed up with, "And I'm a disciple of Jesus Mm -hmm. Christ," cleverly disguised as. And then you go into all the things that you do,
2: Yeah.
3: right? He's like, then you can go into your profession. Yeah. You can go into yeah. being a dad and a husband. But first and foremost, like if that's not where the, the, the roots of your identity come from, that's right. is being a disciple or a child of God, yeah. uh, man, then we've missed it, right? And, and we misplace this identity. Mm-hmm. And when we misplace identity, we'll misplace our role and how we behave uh, in our lives.
1: Very true. Hey, we're not making very good progress through the actual book, though. No, so, I figured we wouldn't. <laughs> that was like the first Jeez, two pages. It okay. Yeah, we haven't even gotten into the book. Anyway, um, it, chapter one, he d- he deals a lot with uh, the war on the family, wh- wh- yeah. which is great. He gives you a million statistics. Um, the statistics are not uh, old and outdated. They're just worse today. So, you know, we, we don't even need to go into them. Um, but the reality is, is when the when the father is not present or, Mike, as you said, when the, when the father is leading from the couch— <laughs> <laughs> right and, mm-hmm. and not paying attention to the development of his family he may be tremendously successful in other aspects of life but his family is falling apart yeah. uh, and you can see, you can just look anybody wants to you know google the numbers and look at um, the state of the family today and just where young people are and and, and what's happening to them uh, the state of marriage today right all those numbers um, that he gives in this book um, you know are just you know amplified and, and, and doubled in, in, in some regards um, anyway but you know what so what's what's the solution right as he, as he goes in, um, he's starting to kind of look at, he says, you know, Satan has two specific strategies against the family is to alienate and sever the husband's relationship with his wife, to, you know, uh, alienate and sever a father's relationship with his children. Right. And so that reality is like there. Okay, we get it. Like, okay, this, this is what's going to be there. Um, and then he pulls off, you know, Barna's research and he says, hey, here's, here's the problem is most of you don't know the Bible. Yeah. Okay. And and it, can I tell you, this brought me back to, and and this is, you know, I've I've used this a, a million times in conversations with people, um, but William Wilberforce is one of my spiritual heroes. Um, you know, helped work to um, ban and outlaw slavery in England, uh, got rid of the slave trade, got rid of the entire institution of slavery. But he wrote a book, and a lot of people probably don't know about his book. We call it Practical Christianity. Um, but he wrote a book to his his people, right, of England. And he just said, hey, listen, here's the deal. I'm looking at the world around me, and I'm seeing a problem. And you would no, you would normally think, oh, I, I, I know where he's going to go. He's going to go, hey, slavery is a problem. Let me tell you why. And he doesn't actually say that. He says, I look around and I see a problem. And what I see as the problem is is that the people of God, the people who say that they know the Lord, the children of God, the people who introduce themselves, gave and say, hey, I'm a disciple of Christ. Mm-hmm. Right? And then they follow up with right, a world that doesn't look anything like the world that Christ has outlined for us, right? There's no love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and self-control, right? Mm-hmm. And, right, how do I know that? Well, one of the things that he's going to look at later, he's going to look at the institution of slavery and say, hey, we don't treat our fellow man, right, as an image bearer of God. But but before he gets to all that, he says, you know, I know why there's a problem. He goes, because a lot of you who are introducing yourselves as Christians don't open up the Bible and you don't know the word of God. And, and I'm kind of, you know, one hundred and fifty two hundred years later, right? Steve Ferrar is writing literally the same thing. Yeah, is men the reason you're not leading your family as well? Is because you don't know the Word of God. Yeah, and and I think that's just such an important aspect for us to to wrestle with and to know. Um, you know, is is are we doing a great job of not only knowing the Word of God for ourselves, but is that what we're passing on to our sons as our legacy? Is that you would say, yeah, my kids know the Word of God.
2: Yeah, and and you point out the great antidote to the two approaches the enemy has as far points out the alienation from your wife and the alienation from your kids there's no possible way that's going to happen if you're rooted in the word that's right and and really in the first three chapters he reminds us hey you're the point man and this is how the enemy's going to attack you he's going to separate you from your wife separate you from your kid Mm -hmm. and and that's all he's after yeah and it's easy to do if you're not (laughs) rooted in the word yeah so it's it's like the devil doesn't have to be clever and he's very consistent, yes. which makes him effective, unfortunately, for us. Yeah.
3: Well, and that's the thing is that, um, is that he's – I guess he is after us individually, but he knows that if he can get us – he gets everything Then, then he's in. got a whole, whole yep. other Boom. Uh, slew of things that should fall under our care
1: yep. and leadership. Yep. So. Which leads us to chapter 2, and it's called Save the Boys. Um, and he says, destroy the boys by neutralizing the fathers. Right? So, again, he goes back to what, what's, the, what's the plan? Um, what, how, do you, how do you save your sons? What's the most important thing you can pass on to your boys? Um, and, and he says, right, Deuteronomy 6 is going to talk about diligently teaching your boys the word of God. Um, and, and, I, and I just think, you know, this is the same thing as you can't teach what you don't know. Um, and, you know, th- this is a big thing in our house, um, is there's, there's a certain level when the kids get to certain grades, um, you know, no longer as parents, can you help them with their math or help them with their science or help them with their English project? Because they've, you know, it's like they, got, they went beyond you. You're like, ah, eh, right. My, my problem is like, you know, I'm still helping the kids with all the stuff. Right. So it's kind of like the, oh, you know, Hey, dad can still help us. I'm like, shoot. So I'm still writing papers, you know, I'm still, still doing math. Um, but the concept is, is you can't pass on what you don't know. Mm-hmm. And so when it comes to this idea and we're, we're talking to men, Hey, you need to pass on a legacy, right. Of a rich understanding of the word of God. Um, you can't pass on what you don't have. And so for men, that would be the, the number one thing, right? I would say if you're a young man, right. So, you know, if you read Thornberry, just to throw out a name, Yeah. Random name. Random name. Right. But if you're if you're Reed Thornberry and you're, you know, let's say you're what, 17, 16, 16. Um, you're 16. Right. If you want to be successful. Right. Like, you know, if Reed, if you were in the room and I were talking directly to you and you want to be successful in life, um, I would say, hey, get to know the word of God. Right. What What does that mean? Well, it means a thousand different things and a million different aspects. Right. But the more time you spend in the Word God, you're, the more time you're going to be successful in understanding and knowing one who God is, because that's the most important thing. Then knowing who you are, and then understanding the path for success and prosperity in life, how God lays it out for you. And so that's that's where Ferrar is going with this, right? It's just um, you you've gotta you've gotta know the word of God. Then he goes into his principles, right? First principle is be being there, um, second principle is teaching them to act like men. So two two <coughs> You know, pretty important things. Um, what, what about those principles did you guys catch as being significant and important?
2: Well, I love the anchor back on Deuteronomy 6. Okay. Because uh, really, first, that's talking about our passion in pursuing God. Mm-hmm. And then it's living out discipleship with your family. Like, we make discipleship so freaking hard. I, I should be so passionate about my pursuit of Jesus that I can't but help share it as I'm walking by the way with my boys or I'm sitting down or I'm standing up, I'm just so excited about that and what that means for me. How
1: much do I have to hate my own family not to give it to them? Well, the funny thing is, is you're discipling your boys in a million different things. One of them should be their spiritual walk, right? I know you're discipling them in your love for... Um, the military, right, and mm-hmm. the army specifically, because your boy is wearing an official army spirit shirt, appropriately so, <laughs> appropriately so, right. Your, your license plate, right, actually is a tribute to the army. Yep. Um, and so here's the thing: like your your boys are picking up on this the whole time, right? Like if I went up to your boys and I said, "Hey, you know, army, air force, you know, navy," right, and they say navy, right? We, we know that we're going to beat them. Uh, you just lost a the son, right? You just lost a son. <laughs> <laughs> So you're, yes. disi- you're discipling them. You're training them, right? You're disciplining them to understand a particular way of doing life um, all the time. It's just most of the time we're having those conversations around sports. Around things that don't matter. Or on things that do or, or matter
3: less, right?
1: Yeah. Just they matter less. But the, obviously the most important thing you should be talking to them about and discipling them in is the Word of God in their spiritual life.
3: Yeah, you know, one thing that I always try to remind myself and, and remind others is that uh, if we're not intentionally and actively discipling, which he's going to make this point in this first principle of being there, yep. that yep. Um, with with uh, less time equals less influence, That's right? Right? Yeah. That if we're not actually there, uh, then discipleship's not happening. Yep. Uh, and so the thing I try to remind myself and others is that if we're not intentionally and actively uh, being there and discipling our kids, uh Something else, someone else is willing to step into that that void. That's right. Uh, that um, if someone doesn't teach Mike's boys about the love for the military, right? Well, they're going to find love for something <laughs> Some else. Some poor right? Navy guy is going to influence them, and I can't have that. Well, and I even heard a guy say one time, you know, um, innately he he's got daughters, but he was like, you know, innately my kids didn't they didn't they weren't born loving the Dallas Cowboys. But they love the Dallas Cowboys. Well, where did they learn that love yeah. from? They yeah. learned it from me, yeah. right? And so I, I have they taught them. They definitely didn't learn it from them. watching them play. That's right. Anyways. <laughs> um, but, but, but we're always discipling. We're always yeah. teaching yes, and training. Yes. But, w- again, Amen. we have to be present uh, in order for our kids to pick those things up. Um, and, and if we're not, then we've lost the opportunity to influence them uh, in and hopefully the way that we yeah. would want them to go, yep. which would be not our way, but... Christ's
2: away. And we've got to just let's just put it out here now. You cannot plan quality time. Right, man. It just quality happens. time happens in quantity time. Yep. You got to like spend time. It, we cannot say I'll work 60 hours a week, but I've planned two hours of quality time on the golf course or whatever it is. Yeah. Like it happens in the bulk of quantity time where the small, great moments of discipleship that you cannot possibly plan yep. based off a random question from your child. Yeah. So, how intentional
1: are we are planning the quantity of time that it might produce something. Amen. Amen. Uh, Second principle of fathering, teach them to act like men. He says, what do I need to train them to do? Um, And then he just gives you a list, right? Knowing, obeying Jesus Christ, knowing, displaying godly character, knowing and loving my wife, knowing and loving my children, knowing my gifts and abilities so I can work hard and effectively uh, in an area of strength rather than weakness. Right? So just here's, here's the deal, right? You need to act like men so that your boys can see what it means to act like a man. Uh, and these are the things that they're going to watch you, and, and and that's the reality, right? When we talk about discipling your kids, um, your kids are going to watch your life, and then they're going to listen to your words. And if your life and your words don't match up, guess what? Um, you're a hypocrite, and either they're not going to listen to you at all, or they're probably going to follow what they watch. Uh, they're going to they're going to follow what you what you do as opposed to what you say. So the concept is is you better be living out in front of your kids. What you say is important, and, and there's a great trap there too. You know they're going to catch what we teach Uh
2: and catch what we do and uh maybe a let's call it a pro tip for dads and i learned it from you dan like have the mindset that you are going to fail miserably in front of your kids so that you have the discipline to apologize in front of them like i am not well known for my apologies my wife would tell me that's one of the things i have to
1: constantly work on you got an area to work on Uh,
2: plenty of work still yet to be done there Uh, but if you demonstrate the fact that you can be wrong, That's right. and you can't apologize, That's because right. you're living under the same grace of Christ that your boys or your daughters are, how much greater is that lesson you're already teaching going to be? Because mm-hmm. they know you're the work in process, that Christ is still molding, still smelting off the dross. Yeah,
1: so, yeah they, you, you don't want your kids to see you as perfect. no. Right. So, so, so many parents hold this, you know, this, this mistaken, you know, concept that, I, you know, I want my kids to, you know, respect me and, you know, look at me as, you know, perf, you know perfection. Like, you know, if dad says it, you know, then that's the end of the argument. And I'm just like, no, no, here's the deal. Right? If dad says it and it came from the word of God, then that's the end, in the, end of the argument. Cause I'm just repeating what God said. Right. But, it, but if dad says, and he's just right shooting from the hip and making things up, my kid, I want my kids to challenge me with the word of God to say, Hey, wait a second. Right, and and here's the deal. My kids challenge me all the time, right? Because you know, one of the things is stupid podcast we started, training for manhood. My kids like they got a whole list of things oh, you needed. My kids live up to say, now. "Hey, are uh, you going to put that on training for manhood when I do something stupid?" I'm like, "No, <laughs> that's the worst thing I ever did was start <laughs> <Yeah>. this podcast." <laughs> not, not everything needs to make it on training for manhood, um, but you know, just that reality. When I, when I don't treat my wife well, mm-hmm. can I tell you, my my kids jump all over me. Oh my goodness, right? I mean, just like, you know, I, I don't need. When you extra disciple Holy your kids, own. they disciple you back. They
3: disciple you back. That's right. So it's a part of it. Are we ready for chapter three? Yeah, just one, one addition is that he says on page 25, it, just everything you guys have said, he says, um, he, this is being your sons or son uh, or daughters for that matter, don't need you to be perfect. Uh, they just need to know that you care enough to be focused, intentional, and present. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a good summation of kind of everything yes. that that you guys have talked about. And, and Mike, I love that you um, that everything you just said that you attributed it to Dan. And I'm just wondering if that was by him teaching you and discipling you in that, or if you've just witnessed all of his failures and have learned to do better. Uh, hey, I'm just learning from the pro. <laughs> <laughs> both,
1: both, and not either or. Okay. Hey, both. let's let's do let's do this. Let's um, let's stop here because I think chapter three and chapter four go better together. Um, as we we start talking about this particular thing. And um, anyway, we've spent enough time on chapter one, two, and kind of the introduction um, that, you know, hopefully guys are kind of, you know, inspired and they want to pick up the book. Um, And so, you know, the next session, next week, we'll start picking up in chapter three. How's that sound? Excellent. Perfect. Awesome.
0: Thank you for listening to Training for Manhood. If you found the conversation to be valuable, make sure to rate us where you listen to podcasts. Also, check out additional content on our website, trainingformanhood.com. That's training4manhood.com. Until next time, in the words of King David, be strong and show yourself a man.